The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Hello, welcome back to Red Side of Trent for this episode where we are going to discuss the 1-0 defeat to Everton last night. Joined as usual by Christian Brown and Reese Lane. No Lee Clark, it seems the, the booze has got the better of him. I do apologise in advance for my croaky, croaky voice. Um, plenty of shouting, coming back off an illness um, and, and everything else. But let's get straight into it, guys, because it's never good doing a, uh, another defeat. Three three on the bounce, that, that is now. Um I just wanted to get initial thoughts um, from from you both. Uh, Reese, we'll start with you. What was your thoughts coming out of the ground after it? Really, I, I kind of want to get a, a, a raw response from you. <laughs> We're going to start at the top. Um, yeah, bugger it. What was my feeling? Probably just—I I mean, anger for the first because of the, you know, I was somebody amongst a cluster of other people who helped out with the display put a lot of time and effort into it as a, the guys from Forza a lot more than me for the club to not play Mullock in time not sure what's happened there and it kind of took the effect and it set the tone for the night when you know when that happened my heart just sank and I just thought this is going to be one of them nights and we soon saw probably after about 10 minutes when Everton got a foothold in the game and started knocking us about I'd say a bit that we wasn't up for the fight last night so my overriding feeling coming out of the ground was probably anger at that disappointed disappointment with the performance but there was no disappointment in terms of the result for me because i fully deserved to win everton in my opinion christian yeah much like race and just anger really I should probably also apologize for my voice being the way it is as you imagine a lot of <laughs> shouting um uh, yeah, just anger, uh, a lot of frustration. I mean, I, I completely empathise with Reese and the um, people like the Forza crew who obviously put a lot of time and effort into making that display. You don't need to be you know, shut off like that. It's just stupid. It's like, I saw someone say, like, can you imagine if a DJ at Anfield forgot to play You'll Never Walk Alone? Like, imagine what happens then. No, it was very obviously it's very comparable to us because that is our song. Or if the guy at Leeds doesn't play marching on together, for example. It's just like it's part of our match day routine. It's part of our you know culture. It's part of our like, identity. So to not have that, I agree with Reese. Set the tone for the night. It was embarrassing. Um, the performance was embarrassing. It was the worst we've played since that away day at Stoke, which I was also at. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just unacceptable, really. Um, my overriding feeling i mean obviously like i honestly thought by the time i got back to kent i'd look at my phone um 
and see like club statement as a notification. I genuinely believe that would be the case. And to be honest, had that been the case, I don't think many people could have argued against it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so, so bitterly disappointed. One, because I was excited to see what the display was. Obviously, me and Reese, we 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 had pre-match together. And I didn't even ask you what it what it was going to be about. I had an indic- indic- indication because of what Forza released pre-match. And it looked so good. But like the problem was, was the, the cars normally say, hold this up during Monaco Tire. And it didn't even come. And it was just like, well... The game's kicked I must, off. And, yeah. I must add, to be fair to the Trent Enders Forza put out, they did, you know, persevere and, you know, they kind of did hold them up when they realised that Muller Kintar wasn't going to play because we kicked off. Um, but yeah, it's just such a shame. It, it, it really was. And as me and Christian have just alluded to, it just set the tone for the night, to be honest. Definitely. Um, so the start of the game, I mean, we had, a, we had, we had several changes actually, didn't we? So, Aurier, Bali come back in. Yates was captain in the uh, for the night, um, and Sangare's come back in Reese as well. So like pre- before the game, we were saying like that's quite a decent team. Happy to see Sangare back. Um, we've kind of matched them in midfield in, in a way, and and we've kind of probably got we should kind of overpower them almost in, in terms of physicality. But that didn't seem to be the case. But what what was your initial thoughts when you seen the lineups come out? Um, I was happy Ryan Yates was back in the team because I thought it was the ideal game for him, um, which didn't happen. Um, Serge Aure is someone who I put in my top three players of the season last season. This season, I don't think he's been quite at it. I thought he was poor. Um, Sangare, I thought, actually did okay. I mean, there's, there's a few conflicting views I've seen on social media but I actually thought he did all right to say he's had a virus all week and that's why he come off after I think it was an hour wasn't it Chris Wood I mean yeah that not for me starting him uh, I thought I played into Everton's hands because we didn't put in one good cross all night I thought Wood was terrible and uh, he didn't use his body I didn't think he won a header all night against Tarkovsky and Bramfway and it just played into Everton's hands and so that was the wrong selection for me I'd have just I'd have just literally gone with a Gibbs White and a Faultstein last night, Hudson Adorn a Langer to the wild and, and, and just hit them with pace because that's what the worry was. You know, you've seen it, I think, after probably a quarter of an hour. A Langer runs at Ashley Young, gets him behind him, he gets fouled. And what did we do? We didn't do it again all night. So we deserved all we got last night, for, as frustrating as it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Christian, I, I really struggled to see what our game plan was, what our ideas were. It seemed like. Bali, like Everton obviously know and every single person knows who's now watched Forest how good Murillo is bringing the ball out from the back. So for me, how have we not worked on a strategy for when teams are going to basically stop that from happening and then you've got to give your centre off, the other centre off the ball all the time? Because every time Bolly got it, it looked like he didn't have a clue what to do with it. And, and then that just that just piled more and more and more pressure on. And we looked like a schoolboy team at times, I thought. It was weird because I felt that, no, Murillo was very good yesterday. I don't think anyone could say otherwise. I'm sure we'll come on to his you know, heroic antics, keeping the score level for the period that he's got a live block and whatever else. Um, but, you know, his, his distribution was way off yesterday. Way, way off. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, criticism in saying that because, I mean, you're, you're right in the sense that Everton did try and, you know, make it difficult for him to release the ball, but he was still finding ways to ping passes up the pitch the difference was the, the issue was the more they were finding blue shirts every time like they were way off they would be they were like in some cases they'd be 10 15 meters away from his intended target so 
you know, it wasn't so much a case of, I don't think they necessarily did a job on him or stopped him playing out from the back as such. It was more just his radar was not quite on yesterday. Um, as for Bolly, I mean, he just, the whole team just looked, you know, I, I felt like I saw someone say after the game, I'm not, um, obviously still in a sort of debrief mode, aren't we really sort of look and see what everyone else is saying. And someone said that, why do we try and match Everton for a fist fight when we know what Sean Dyche is capable of? We know how they're set up. We know what they're going to do. We know what their strengths are. So why don't we try and actually... And to be fair, within 20 minutes, it looked like, you know, why are we doing this? It's very obvious that we're going to get joy down the flanks. So, you know, I, I, at half-time, honestly, like, I sort of, I've massively digressed here, but at half-time, I, I said to you at the ground, I'd have taken off Yates, Woods and Toffolo at that moment in time. But all three of them were dreadful. The only person who could have, and like, to sum up Yates, I agree with Reese, to be fair, Yates probably warranted his um, start. First three touches of the ball straight to the opposition within the first five minutes. It was like, great. What a way to set the tone for your game. Like, again, I, I, know, I won't forget what um, Luis Figo said once upon a time how you can tell what how, how you're going to play in a game by your first couple of touches. And when you see that, it's like, great. Well, we're going to get overrun then, aren't we? And, mm-hmm. but no, going back to your original point, I felt that, no, I don't actually agree that they shut Moreau down too often. I just felt his passing was off because he was still pinging, he was still getting, he was still beating his man. He was still weaving into space free from a blue shirt and he was just hitting it into nowhere. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my point was more that Bolly was getting the ball and didn't know what to do with it. And then Mangala was getting the ball, didn't know what to do. The lack of movement was so, so bad. And it we was just so getting, passive yesterday. It was so just getting passive. pinged aimlessly into channels or up to Chris Wood. I've never seen such a big man win so little in the air. And he scored, and he's a good header of the ball because we've seen him score a couple of headers for us this season. And that's what really, really frustrated me. But Christian alluded to, obviously, Reese, that Murillo's goal saving clearance off the line was. Yeah, I mean, he's done it again. It's the second time he's done that this season where he's just managed to sprint back on the line, put his body there and, and, and stop a, a certain goal. But for me, there's there's a lack of reaction from the team in terms of whose fault it was. Why was White McNeil allowed the freedom of the city ground to even get through? Like, just, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, well, it was a very, it was a brilliant... Um... Clearance from Murillo. I mean, I've just watched highlights before we've started this pod, um, unfortunately. And, and and Don Goodman hit, it, hit the nail on the head, which is something you ain't sell for him. It, it's as good as a goal stopping that for us. And he, he got a touch of luck because it hit the other side of the post, didn't it, rather than the one where it would have ricocheted back into the goal. So that was a warning. The other chance where the goalkeeper come out, who was also very poor last night. I mean, I could have probably dragged nearly all of them off at half-time, to be honest. I think Christian's been a bit mild there um, because the first half performance was abysmal. You know, the goalkeeper come out not strong enough, drop the ball and thankfully they, they've got a striking better up front who couldn't hit a barn door last night and he shanked it over the bar. You know, there was just warnings and Everton should have been ahead at half-time. We was vastly lucky. We all spoke at half-time in the ground. We was vastly, vastly lucky to be in at nil-nil at half-time and you kind of think in your mind, right, Give him a kick up the backside. Let's come out second half. Let's start again. We're at nil nil. You know, let's try and win the game. And it was just nothing second half, obviously as well. It was, it was really really poor last night. I mean, I mean, one one positive that was that Felipe has has made a return and he come on at half time. But 
Yeah, he, he, was a walk, he was a walking red card from the start. It's yeah, but like... to be fair, mate, you need, and I get you, I do get you, but at least the bloke got stuck in, you know what I mean? We need yeah. to get this. That was a type of game last night. It was a cold night against two, let's, let's have it right, poor sides. They got stuck in. They worked hard. They outworked us. They outmuscled us, and they got a result on the base start and a bit of quality. It was a great finish from McNeil. At least Felipe come on and got stuck in, and that was the only that was the only positive last night. Him coming back because you get him in the team because he, yeah. he's he's clearly one of our better centre halves. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying to the lad next to me, I was like, have, "Have you seen anyone put a tackle in this? Like, is it like a real cruncher, like a proper Sunday morning kind of or League One, League Two kind of just?" just nail someone sort of thing. And and that kind of always sets the tone because Everton were just winning absolutely everything in midfield, Christian. I mean, I, I can't not mention James Garner because he absolutely ran it last night for, for Everton. I mean, the people who were saying that, oh yeah, he wouldn't get into our midfield, get into like, or get into even our squad. They don't know anything about football. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, Garner was brilliant yesterday. And it, it was sort of like, half proud moment, half sort of wincing in pain because like we all knew James Garner could become like a, a very good Premier League midfielder. Obviously I alluded to it in our preview as well, uh, with Jay, who really came on from the Paddock Blues podcast. And like I said, like, you know, we all could we all could see James Garner was gonna go very, very far in football. Like he did the calmness he brings to the midfields. Like as you said itself, it was a fight it was a fist fight. And, you know, they absolutely battered us, but they did it so calmly. And that's because of the aura that Garner brings. Garner does bring an element of calmness to any midfield. He's just very, you know, isn't phased regardless. He just, you know, he could be blood and thunder and he'll still be finding a way to sort of just, you know, keep things calm and ticking over. He was really good yesterday, Garner. There was one bit where he um, weaved past two Forest players and then pinged the ball in. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what have we let go? Like, oh, United will forever have done their hands for me for the way they handled that transfer. And oh my God, I pray for them so much because it should have been Jimmy Garner and Forrest shirt. And he should have been doing that for us. But alas. Hmm. I mean, the, there is something that, that would have papered over the cracks had we got it. I, I do want an opinion from you both, but I'll start with you, Reese. Is um, the penalty shout. Um, Decorey and, and Yates. I mean, it was borderline GBH, but I don't think we would have deserved it in terms of like. I mean, you 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 get your own look in. You make your own look in football, but how how have we got those two decisions last week for and against us against Brighton? But that one, which is probably worse than the both incidences last week, not get given. Because against Everton is one with what's happened with them, so there was never ever going to give it what they'd see as a subjective decision because the referee didn't give it to us. They just wouldn't because of what they've gone through. So, you know, the Premier League corrupt and all that. It was a penalty all day, every day of the week. I mean, I watched the analysis with Jamie Redknapp um, and he was like, Decore's starting position's all wrong. He's not even looking at the ball. He was just looking to pull Yates down. He pulled him down. Should have been a penalty. But I'd expect nothing less off Paul Tierney, who again was terrible. You know, it, it summed him up that he couldn't wait to trot over to book Alan Tate. And yet when Pickford's booting the ball out of play, completely wasting time, what does he do? He trots over just to lecture him and lets him carry on doing it for the rest of the night. But yeah, it would have been, it would have kind of got out of, as out of jail, Adam, I agree. But it was a penalty. And um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's, it's not been given. Yeah. I mean, Christian, I mean, even, even after they score and before that, 
I don't think Pickford really made a save today, other than the Moreno chance, maybe. But we were so bad in front of goal. But thoughts about thoughts about a penalty or thoughts about Pickford? everything? Um, <laughs> penalty, yeah. Uh, it's nailed on. <laughs> I, I agree with you completely. I actually put it on Twitter. I said that, like, you know, um, it would have been massively papered over the cracks had that been given. And to be honest, I wouldn't have put it past us to miss it. Given how we played last night, but um, it's got to save in penalties as well. Yeah, that there's no way that should have, that shouldn't have been given, and the fact that they are didn't even look at it as well was really bizarre. Like, or if they did look at it, it was very brief because I was, yeah, I, they, everyone was sort of sat looking at the ref, and he was sort of they like did, going, Hold, they did look at it, and they said it wasn't enough for the pole to give a penalty. Right. That's okay. what he like, tried to take a chunk out of him. Mm. That'll be, yeah, him that'll, I agree. That'll be an apology. That'll be an apology. Monday, yeah. 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 And that'll be, you know, and we, here we go around the circus again. It's not the technology, it's the absolute utter clowns using it who literally couldn't be fit to run anything. Like, we were talking, like, we said, I, I, I'm sick of this every week now. Like, there's the same conversations, the same clowns, the same idiots, the same, like, how stupid do you have to be to not look at that and think, oh, you know, that's a lot of penalty? Like, give over. Like, what is the state of English football? Mike Riley should be put in prison for what he's done to this sport. <laughs> it, honestly, he's absolutely ruined it with PGMOL. Like, we talk about VAR being this hindrance to referees. It isn't a hindrance. It's the people using the technology because they can't do it. It's all boys club. It's all, you know, there's no hierarchy or anything like that. It's all literally, oh, yeah, my mate's made a bad decision. We'll back him up on it. We won't overturn it. We won't show accountability. Nothing like that at all. Until that system is ripped out and started again, it's going to continue to be an absolute travesty for the English game. Fans, you know, we can say this every week. It'll probably bail us out. It bails out against Brentford, didn't it? When Matt Turner volleyed, was it Whistler into Upper Bridgeford and got away with yeah, it? Yeah, it was Whistler. Like, you know, the, the incompetence this season is absolutely staggering. As for Pickford, I mean, I felt that, to be fair, Everton, he lived a little bit of a charmed life at times. Like, it's all well and good saying that, yeah, we were poor. Alanga flashed one just past the post in the first half. It was very unlucky in the volley. He culled one just past the other post in the second half. Again, very unlucky. Pickford completely rooted. So, you know, like Reece said, you make your own luck in football. And, you know, we were terrible. Had we played better, maybe another day, those two both nestled in the bottom corner. And it's sort of like, oh, price got to get their just desserts. But that wasn't yesterday. Yesterday was absolutely diabolical. And that, honest, summed, that refereeing decision summed it up. The second curler, I just kind of thought he theatrically died for that pick. For the one mm. bit of credit I will give him because you know I'm a massive England fan. As people who know the podcast, I love Pickford for England. What was a brilliant bit of goalkeeping was where we got it to the Alanga on the left. He was straight out, yeah, and, and blocked yeah. him straight away before Alanga could get it out of his feet. Brilliant bit of goalkeeping that mm. saved him because if he wanted to come out there and Alanga had got it under control and hit the target, we probably would have scored. I think as well so, when he came out like um, fly, flying out for the corner, hmm. and obviously Yates still got there first. But the fact hmm. that he was in that position, it was just yeah. going straight at yeah. him. Had he yeah. had he stayed in his line, it's a good chance he, Yates would have scored a, that. I know he's eccentric, and, that, and there is people who don't like him, but he is a leader in goal for me, Pickford. Um, I do enjoy him every time a shot is on his goal. He goes absolutely ballistic, which I do absolutely love. Even if it's like from forty yards out, he's like kicking off at some defender. Like, why have I had to do something? But yeah, it was an easy night's work for him. 
I bet it was freezing cold in his little goalkeeper. He may as well be sat there making daisy chains for most of yeah. half. Like, the, yeah. the, the, fact, the fact he's getting away with wearing short socks as a goalkeeper is a crime <laughs> against anyone in football. But, you know, we, we need to, we do need to talk about the goal a little bit, I guess, because it is a cracking finish from Dwight McNeil. I will not take anything away from him. I thought he was actually really good for Everton. I thought he looked like a threat nearly every single time for them, especially because you take up space in, in, in the middle of the pitch and... And kind of like Sergio already didn't know what to do, whether to go or, or or not with him. But the marking for me is abysmal from from Sergio That the fact that he's allowed to take the take the touch down and 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 volley that in the top corner is is a, is a bit of a joke to make because you look out like we just mentioned about Pickford not allowing that and and Everton defenders and midfielders closing closing us down pretty quick at, at any given moment. But it's some finish, isn't it, Reese? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great finish. You can't take it away from him. I mean, it's one of them finishes where once you're controlled and it kind of comes on the half volley, you just say to yourself in your head, hit the target. That's mm-hmm. all you've got to do. Just hit the target, try and make the keeper work because they're very easy to just either shank over the crossbar or completely scuff. So, yeah, I mean, it came from, I mean, Mangala had it out wide, they put it back in and then it's literally gone through the whole penalty. I think it bounced a couple of times, hasn't it? And, He's come to McNeil and like I've just said, he's, he's he's kept it down and then some because he's hit the top corner. I don't think there's any chance for the keeper. And it's a great strike. You have to you have to tip your hat to him. Um, and, and that was the only bit of quality really on the night, to be honest. And that's what separated us both. But um, as I said earlier, when you work harder and are stronger over the 90 minutes, you make your own luck. And Everton deserved that for me. Yeah. Um, it, it was Chris- lucky it wasn't more than 1-0. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Christian, not much really happened after that because it, I even thought this a bit against Brighton and to an extent. We just lack so many ideas when we chase a game. I don't, I don't understand what, what we're trying to do. It, it almost, it's very, I don't know how to really kind of put this into words. It's it's just very like plumped together almost and kind of like, let's just hope something will happen. For me, there's no pattern of play. There's no there's there's no evidence that we're how we're trying to carve a team open when we're trying to chase a game. I don't know what I, you think. Um, I would agree with that. I know obviously Hudson Odoi coming on helped. Um, I thought he again looked a bright spark when he came on to try and get things moving, uh, made some good passes, etc. But we don't seem to have many ideas. I don't. I think it seems that without a one e in the team, we have no idea how to play football, especially in, in attacking phases, and. Um, you know, I don't think I, I've tried to always be sort of like objective with Chris Wood and sort of say, you know, we're not playing to his strengths and this sort of thing, which is, has been true, especially last season. He was a disgrace yesterday, a disgrace to the shirt yesterday. He was so bad and he's offered nothing. Like we, like Reese touched upon earlier, Brantford gobbled him up every single time. Tarkovsky the same. It was pointless putting crosses in. And yet, we like like you say, Adam. We had no ideas. We were, we were putting crosses in, and it was like, well, why are we doing that? Why aren't we working it? Because it's very obvious. They, those two centre halves are going to win every single cross, every single time that ball comes in. Bang, clear. Bang, clear. Woods nowhere near it. So why don't you try something different? Why don't you try and get someone on an overlap like Toffolo or Aurier? Why don't you try and cut it back across goal? Why don't you try and get in behind them? Try and make the defenders turn. None of that. And to be fair, even if we had done that, would would have even been moving enough to be in a position to get on the end of it anyway. So and I, I couldn't believe how he played 90 minutes. He should have been hooked at half-time or at the very latest after an hour for Origi. Giving Origi 10 minutes was a joke. 
absolute yeah. joke. And this is, this is where it does come down to Cooper because when you make decisions like that, it's on your back. Like, like we said last season, help yourself. Don't make stupid decisions like that. Bring in Origi on and put in going to a three at the back with what? Uh, was it Toffolo and... I can't remember. Was Oreo in the pitch at that point? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, it was, was, yeah, was, was Oreo, Felipe, Marilla at the Marilla, back. Marilla, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Mm. It was just like, you know, for what What cause? Like, for, like, it was just so, oh, so dumb. Like, and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not massively sold in Origi yet. I still think that he was quite poor last week against Brighton. I felt like his touch was really bad. But it's very clear we need a more fluid. Uh, athletic striker and we have one there he's just not playing and then when he does play he plays in little um, bits and bursts it's not enough to make an impression like this man has notoriously scored a lot of goals against Everton albeit in a very successful Liverpool side but it's like you know when you've got as a striker you're playing against a team that you know you've got a lot of uh, confidence and scoring against they're naturally going to be more upbreak than this happens like I remember when we played um was it, was it MK Dons when Britt came back and Britt scored? Do you remember? Like, mm, with yeah, the black yeah, yeah. Black and gold kit, yeah. yeah. I remember him saying after the game, like, you know what, I, I've, I've scored at this ground before a few times. I, I know it's my first game back in, like, nine months, but I felt really confident I would score. That's because, he, again, if you that sense of familiarity, no matter what the opponent is, you adapt to the surroundings, it's fine. Origi sees that blue shirt and sees Fink's goals, and he comes on for 10 minutes and does absolutely nothing. Because he doesn't, I don't think he's touched the ball. It was ridiculous. Yeah, barely, barely touched A couple it. of times, yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, was... the, the attacking movement is a serious concern. And to be honest, like we said now, like I'm not at this point, I still want it to work for Cooper. But if the trigger was pulled, you can't really defend it. You can't defend mm. that performance yesterday. It was deplorable. I must add as well that the crossing last night was abysmal. Dreadful. I generally can't think of one good ball we put in. I mean, you know, I, I, I said in my opening statement, Ward was really poor. I can't remember us putting one ball on his head. I know he's got to move, and he wouldn't have won it anyway. But, like, we, but we sometimes he was in. To him. He's got his back to like he's, he's holding off the defender. He's yeah. still not winning the ball, even it's if it's his chest. He's still not winning the ball. Like sometimes he was in the box. <laughs> they didn't put one ball. The amount of times they didn't beat the first man, it got headed out. The crossing was terrible. But I just don't I get. If you're it. going to play an aerial a team mm, who against succeeds Everton, so yeah. good in the air, don't pull it in the sky. Put it across the ground, get in behind them and cut it back. They're going to gobble it up every single time. The, the thing is that the two times where we have got to the byline and we've drilled it back across, we scored against Aston Villa through Ina, we scored at West Ham through Alanga, and then we seem to stop doing that. You know, get to the byline, drill it back, get one of your midfielders coming in on it, or Alanga if he's coming in off the left. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like you guys just said, just a lack of ideas. Just yeah, completely yeah. ran out of ideas last night. The only time that actually happened was I think Toffolo played one over the top for Gibbs White and he cut it back to Yates. And to be fair, James Garner put in an absolute sensational tackle in and and, and that was the only time. But mm. even then, I wasn't sure if Yates was going to hit the target or anything. Not but good enough. Yeah, well, not was... good enough for the not good enough for the prem. They said about Garner wanted. Yeah, all right. Yeah. There was only one yeah. cross yesterday. Actually, I remember something sort of that did might have found its way through. And it was the one where Alanga put it past the post. But the reason it, the reason it even mm. fell to Alanga in the first place is because Yates fresh aired the header. 
Yeah. He was six yards out. I like mean, he was against Brighton, should score, misses the ball completely. Then the other one that I can think of is the Toffolo corner where Yates got pulled down. I think that was a yeah. good ball. That's in the it. end, Felipe hit the post in the end. Yeah. Um, so you look at two, two balls in yeah. 90 minutes. I wonder how many crosses we put in last night. <laughs> it was at least 30. <laughs> like, it's a joke. Absolute joke. But, um, I, I ha- before we get into some slept on it thoughts and, and a few other bits and bobs, I did have a few stats for you, which was quite alarming in, in all honesty, because we actually played more long balls than Everton last night. And I thought they was oh, they're just a long ball team. They only played they played 73 and they only hit 26 out of that's a 36% success rate. Whereas we played 81 and, and had a 44% success rate with 36. So that that tells you a lot. Um, they gave the ball away a lot more than us. They gave away the ball 199 times. We gave it away 180. I mean, it did seem like every second touch was the ball get, getting turned over in possession, to be honest. It was quite, quite bad. Um, if you want to know... Uh, they gave Frost... the ball away 200 times. That can't be right, sure. It's just possession loss. So it's, I guess it's in okay. jewels and stuff. But we actually, yeah. we, we actually were better in terms of crossing we actually made four out of 27 they made none out of 27 um we we were better in the in jewels the only thing that they actually beat us in was aerial jewels won and um, that was the, the key one line. really it yeah, was just, like, and the scoreline yeah. yeah yeah like i said it was it was too poor side everton weren't good last night they just outworked us yeah which That's is a typical was. Danish and they had, team, yeah and they had one bit of quality away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, that's it. But um, before we get into other stuff, we'll do some slept on it thoughts. Red side of the trend. <laughs> slept on it thoughts. So, Dave, uh, fickle people calling for Cooper's head again. My question is, who's better? Who's going to get the results? I don't want to see a merry-go-round manager come in. It simply won't work. It's Cooper for me. Ash Young, Steve Cooper dragged this football club to the Premier League, kicking and screaming. He's a United fan. He's He's got a United fan base, giving fans pride and brought so much joy to a city. Seeing the abuse director tour hit by some is horrid. With you to the end, Coops. Uh, Donna Jordan, really sorry for all the hard work done by Forza Garibaldi and the volunteers, only for Willock and Tyre not to be played, which is the cue for the display. Poor performance on and off the pitch today, uh, Forrest, unfortunately. Um, uh, Matt Robson, really poor today, worrying for Cooper, a far cry from the Villa performance, very static in and around the box. Marilla showed his class again, but we couldn't string it together in the middle of the park. Massive three weeks ahead. Um, Koi Kai Havertz, uh, negatives, everything that was awful. We are not creating anything. We must play to wood strengths to get more crosses into the box, but we are looking like a relegation side. We're not crossing the ball full stop in, in any accuracy, so that don't know. Uh, Crypto Bex looks like many of the players are being held back. Murillo finally ran at the opposition and shot. He hasn't done that since his mistake. Uh, James G, Everton wanted it more, and Garner walks into our midfield, le- left ourselves uh, short up top. Uh, with Tyway's injury record and it's showing Cooper needs to pull Rabbit out of the hat for a result as the tactics aren't working. It's awful to watch. Sam, dead, more, dad, dead man walking, I sense. Players look lost. Crowd silent, booing at the end. Cooper blames a potential penalty decision, uh, which he put in brackets, get real. Steve, uh, desperately sad as I love the bloke. Um, 
Uh, D-minor, the Tantor guy has one job, surely. The second week didn't pick up Cooper coming out as a drowned out. And yep, absolutely ruined Forza Gary Vardy hold work. Should have dri- dri- driven us on and ended up a damp squib. Uh, Slick Rick, no plan, can't build any sort of sustained pressure. Long balls to an absolute useless striker who offers nothing. Manager got to be accountable for this and I think it's time now. Uh, last couple, uh, Psycho is back. Negatives, too static, no cre- creativity, no ideas. Without a one year, we look toothless. Positives, Murillo. And it was great to see the Godfather back in defence alongside him. Uh, and Sam, try not to swear for you on this one. From the first to last minute, we were dreadful. Second to everything all over the pitch. James Garner absolutely bossed the midfield and probably made uh, Maranakis regret not throwing his wallet at Man United to try and buy him. Uh, Cooper, lucky to keep his job after that as much as I love the bloke and all he's done. Can't see the ownership being happy with him at all. One win in 10 is not good enough, especially with the signings made in the summer. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to get your thoughts on, obviously, the end. There was a fair few boos. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, w- I was part of that because I thought it was so bad. I mean, why would I not, like, voice my displeasure at the at what I saw for 90 minutes in the freezing, freezing cold? It was before absolutely... We... Go Sorry, on. before we get on to... Um... I want to add a little ray of sunshine. That Godfather reference and that Sepsimit thoughts is absolute goals. So thank yeah, you for that. that in. That is very, very funny. That cheered me a lot up. So thank yeah. you for that. Like we said, that was the only positive Felipe coming back. You know, he, yeah. he was he was one who was willing to fight last night. I love Felipe. Yeah. It's a shame he's not five years younger, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. A bit. I can. Well, hopefully, he'll be available for Wednesday, but we'll soon see because it's a short turnaround. But yeah, I, I, the, the performance last night was absolutely gutless. I mean, I was so, so, so annoyed. I mean, I'm trying not to swear. I mean, <laughs> I spoke to one of my mates afterwards, and he goes, he goes, "Good luck not swearing on the pod tomorrow." And I was like, "I'll try my best." <laughs> um, um, my head's not as fallen off as it was last night, but it's still pretty bad. But what did you guys make of the reaction last night? Was it justified? Is how how are you feeling about Cooper and and what's happening right now? Because last season we got told by a witch from uh, the County Road Bobblers last season on the pod that you're only three games from a crisis and three games on the bounce we've lost. And people are saying, yeah, they were tight against Brighton and West Ham, who are both teams in Europe. But at the end of the day, you've got a loss in the, you've got a loss in the column. It doesn't matter how well you played because you're still losing games. Yeah, the the reaction was justified last night. I do enjoy these people who text into Radio Nottingham saying they've never ever booed in their life before, but they booed last night. Like, come on, you have. You have booed. These people who make out the, you know, the nicest people on earth, they, they would have booed in the past. It was justified because people's paid good money. It was absolutely freezing last night and they were served up that. It just simply wasn't good enough. And, you know, it's not about entitlement or anything like that. It's a, it's about, you know, sh- giving a performance for the fans. And, and the, the players didn't do enough last night. I'm sorry. Um, in regards to Cooper, um, I, I mean, I've come off Twitter because it, it's a cesspit, to be honest. I, I've decided to come off it for a bit. Um, I think some of the comments towards fans who are backing Cooper um, have kind of mocking him because they're standing by a guy who's, for a generation of fans has brought him success. He's a messiah to him. I, I think some of the comments are, are a disgrace, to be honest. Um, I'm not, I've never, I've said on this podcast before, I'm never going to show the bloke disrespect in terms of shouting him out. If you want to change a manager, I get it. 
one win in ten is not good enough. But there's just ways of wanting to change a manager rather than abusing the bloke who's given us so much. And at the end of the day, it's up to if the chairman or whoever makes a decision. As a football fan, you have to accept it and you move on quickly because that's football. But you know, after last night, um, yeah, it's, it, I'm concerned for him because yeah, that that was a, that was a damaging loss. He needs to win this week. We, we've said, haven't we, between us? In his um, group, now he needs a win this week. He's he's going to have to pluck some out of the hat at Fulham or Wolves because if we don't get a win this week, I, I really do worry for him. Um, I don't enjoy the leaks to the media as well. I mean, I've never enjoyed that. That he's clearly being leaked from somebody at the club. If he's under pressure, tell him internally. The media does not need to know about it because the media in this country twists things. It, it puts more pressure on. And but after that performance last night, the pressure's on even more. The only positive, the only second positive about last night is we've kind of got this championship turnaround this week on Wednesday night. We've got a game. So we need to go to Fulham and we need to put on a performance and get result. At the next two, you need to be looking at winning one of them games because if we don't, it would then be one winning 12. You're then looking at playing, at having back-to-back home games again against, with respect to Spurs, as good as they've been this season, Injury ravished, so that is a chance, especially if a new manager came in, and then Bournemouth are down there at the bottom with us, which is a massive game. So we'll see by this time next week. I think we'll we'll see. We've said that we're between us, um, but that is a performance last night. With respect, that gets you the sack. The players yeah. have let him. Down. The players, you know, he's not helped himself. We've we've just said that on the pod earlier, but the players have let him down and the fans down last night, and they deserved it. It was justified the booze at the end. I mean, you mentioned Ravish, uh, an injury Ravish Spurs. We played a Palace and a Brighton side that were ravaged by injuries and we were absolutely... Yeah, but you well, got, you got Palace, re- we, we, we were decent, but we just you we got couldn't to realise as You've got to realise as well, we're missing his top scorer. In, yeah. I'm, I'm being proved right in this and I, I, don't, you know, I don't care if people think I'm up my own arse by saying I think I'm right. I am right because Tyro's his most important player. We haven't won yeah. without him. We're not half the team without him. We saw that last night because we offered nothing going forward. And then yeah. as well against um, Brighton, we had his record signing out. So we've got injury problems as well. You know, everybody's got injury problems. It's just that because it's teams are in Europe or talked about more on talk sport, it's all, oh, it's an absolute crisis. So, you know, yeah, I'll let Christian have a little rant. <laughs> yeah, Christian, <laughs> anything to that. Um, Yeah, I, can, I agree. The performance was justified. I booed at the ends. Like, you know, again, obviously, like you said, it isn't about entitlement. If I make a seven hour round trip and I get served up that, I'm, I'm going to boo. I don't care what I don't care what people think. That was atrocious. That was, like I said earlier, that was as bad as it was. That was the worst I've seen a Forest side play since that Stoke game. And after that Stoke game, I thought this manager's like a dead man walking. I feel the same about Cooper now. I don't want him to be sacked. Like Reese, I won't call for him to be sacked, but I don't see him p- plucking a rabbit out of the hat the next two fixtures. I really hope I'm wrong. But I think this time next week, we're saying hello to Holland, um, Hulen Lepetige, personally. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, whether it does happen or not remains to be seen. And that's an entire different discussion. But I at all would not. Honestly, I, I, when me and my dad were driving back um, last night, he said to me, if you're the manager now, what do you do? And again, obviously, still like you, Adam, head pretty much fallen off. I said, <laughs> I'd be straight on the phone to Lepetige saying, do you want the job next week? First thing I asked for because that's unacceptable. It's not. It's not even about what we've spent. It's not even about 
anything. It's about looking at 11 players or 14, 15, 16 players on a football pitch and you look at them and say, have they tried? Have they worked? Have they put in a performance that you can look at and be proud of? And the answer is no. And you, okay, you might get like that happen every now and again and it might lead to less disastrous consequences, example. But when it's on a run of one win in 10, when it's three losses in a row, when it's like that, when it's you know a night under the lights where you know it, against a side that we really like, have a really competitive chance against, we put in a performance of that nature with no ideas going forwards. We're bullied in midfields. We're making defensive uh, errors all over the place. We've got a keeper who, as much as I defended, looked very shaky, especially in the first half. And you know, it's it's just a disgrace, really. Isn't it? Like it's just very, very, very poor. Uh, they deserved being booed. It was completely justified. And yeah, I worry for Cooper. I, I won't call from be sacked. I don't because I really want it to work for him. I really want him to go next week and prove me and everyone else wrong. Win two games and a bounce and go right. Okay, we're back now. Found a way of us winning. And then you know we hit what we want to achieve. He stays at the at the helm. Like in an ideal world, an ideal scenario. No, we do keep Steve Cooper. We keep progressing as a football club. We remain happy as a fan base, and you know we push forward. Unfortunately, we don't live in an ideal world, and mm. I think the writing's firm on the wall for him personally. But we'll yeah, see. I mean the last the last few weeks, which has annoyed me, is we we found a midfield three in in Dominguez, Sangari, and Mangala, and and, and albeit yeah, Sangari has been been ill unfortunately, and Dominguez had a bit of a howler against West Ham with with the, with the mistake he made, but generally them three together have been really really good and then suddenly that kind of been split apart and I mean Cooper had the chance to play that yesterday I believe I think Dominguez was on the bench if I'm correct me if I'm he wrong was, yeah. yeah so he, he's opted to go with Ryan Yates fair enough people have been calling out for him we thought Everton would be the game for him but Unfortunately, Ryan Yates was not up to standard yesterday. I mean, the the, the times where I watched him get receive the ball and he hadn't even checked uh, over his shoulder whether he could turn out or simply just play a ball straight over the top into a channel for for someone to run into, and he, he just passing backwards. And we were just we just looked so so scared every time we got the ball. We weren't passing into Morgan's white feet if we had the chance. It wasn't going into Sangari's feet. To the chance there was no pattern of play of making any triangles and actually having like a fluidity to our game. We just look so much devoid of any ideas, and and that that for me goes on not only on Cooper but the, but the players too because everyone knows how to play football. It's an it is an easy game when when you break it down. To be honest, but for think... me, go on. Oh, sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on. Sorry, for, 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 for me, for me, I, I I won't call for Cooper out because he I've this is the first time I'm really seeing Premier League football in my life, and I've and it's been an amazing journey, but as we've all alluded to, he is not helping himself at this moment in time. But does he go back to that style last season where we were difficult to beat? We play three at the back and we get, and we be a bit more tough because at the moment we're leaking so many goals in where they're so avoidable um, and, and not having anything going forward. Do we need to start actually just, let's just keep on the counter-attack because this possession style that he's trying to implement hasn't been working for us. It's not good. He's got to find a way, as we've said. I mean, we keep churning this one out every bleeding week, but he's got to find a way to get Gibbs White back central. He is wasted on the right. He was oh, he, he was he, shocking last night. And yeah, I know you, we're, we're digging out Ryan Yates a little bit here, so I'm going to give some balance. The goalkeeper, Aurier, Bolly, Toffolo, uh, Mangala, Gibbs White, Wood, um, 
Elanga to an extent. Elanga, it was all bad. The whole eleven was not good enough. I mean, I'm not Marilla trying to single probably out. someone who I could say because at least he was trying to be brave. Marilla. I'm not trying to single out Ryan Yates. What mm-hmm. I, I think, I think what in an ideal world, what we'd have all liked of him to have done is just if if he's not going to like pass the ball. I mean, I, I actually thought he won the ball back quite a fair few times in really good areas. I just really wanted him to smash someone and like get the crowd going, get put a captain's performance in in terms of 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 like showing an example. But I thought he should. He sh- I thought him and a lot of other players sh- hid hid all game. Too, too yeah. many cheap, too many cheap fouls from Yates. You yeah. know, at least the only credit I'll give him is at least he was willing to hassle. But yeah. just just so many this hassling and hassling, just giving cheap fouls away. There was a couple of times where he hassled really well, but there were so many cheap fouls. There was one in the first half, which he did on the, the, the edge of his own box, which the referee didn't pick up, which summed up Paul T and his performance again. Yeah. But it's it just what the whole team, I'm not picking out individuals. There was some worse than others, as we've discussed, but the whole team was nowhere near good enough last night, collectively as a team. And they've no, got to all bad. look at each other in the mirror this morning and face-to-face and with the manager and accept it. that It was not good enough last night. Sorry. What I will say is for Cooper and his defence is that what doesn't help him is that fair enough. Like you could say that the Mingues made a good claim to be dropped because he was poor yeah, at West Ham. Um, he was poor at Brighton. Yates comes in and that's what he's repaid with. Okay, great. And you know, there's a lot of fans that want to like throw a lot of plot arm over Ryan Yates and defend him against the slightest amount of criticism. That first half was bad from Yates. Without, apart from that one tackle, um, by their penalty area, he was bad. Okay, there's no getting away from that. And obviously, you, you, you see the same familiar sort of tropes, don't they? Okay, Yates has been poor. Who can we deflect onto? It was Sangara yesterday. Sangara was our best player for 45 minutes yesterday. The second half, he looked absolutely knackered and probably had to come off as much as we questioned it at the time, saying, Why are we bringing our best player off? Because, you know, he, he, he'd he's gone had to a bit. virus, hasn't he? Yeah, he'd gone to bits. You can see it in his touch, like he was giving a ball away left, right, and centre second half. He just like he, he made he should have come off at half time, really. Um, had we known that was gonna happen. Obviously we don't. But then you look at right back, Ola Aina was bad against Brighton, probably warranted dropping, I would say. I was going as far as saying Aurier comes in and performs like that. Oh, thanks for last season, Serge. Enjoy your time in Saudi. That's the first <laughs> thing I'd be saying to him after that performance. Absolutely atrocious. Like, not only did he not try and close down McNeil, who, uh, don't get me wrong, great strike, will never hit a ball that cleanly, <clears throat> that cleanly again in his life. He just stands in the Colobos' way. He doesn't even go to him. He just stands still in the middle of, uh, straight in his eye line. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? That's the, that's the Aurier that Spurs fans warned us about last season. Like it was, it was really, really poor. So you look at Cooper, and fair enough. Like he's making all these decisions based on form. And it's sort of like you know, you've been poor. You come out. You come in, and the players who are coming in aren't delivering. How many people can you say, apart from Toffolo, who's the only one, can you say who's come in on the back of someone being poor and gone? You know what? You've done enough to keep the shirt. Yeah. For Colin Moss, I would say to a degree because you know Turner can't be making those mistakes like at, Everton, at Liverpool and um, Brentford expect to get away with it and touch words today he's not done anything anywhere near that bad but apart from those two and defence rotates every week it seems like you know it was Murillo and Nierkate lift last week now it's Murillo and Bolly then it was Murillo and Felipe and it was like you know there's so much uncertainty in chop and change which to a degree I get and it obviously it works if you're Man City where you have so many players at a high level it's not working for us. Like we do, I do think we need some 
level of continuity here because it's not really working at the minute, is it? Mm. So, but to I be fair, like, the, the keeper got away with one last night, the one they dropped. He did because that was one, really yeah. poor. Um, like I said, thankfully, it was better on the end of it. I thought it was Decore at the time, but it was better when I watched Ireland. I mean, he was he was terrible. The, the, um, the reaction from Odysseus bonkers. from that incident is like really bad as well because you'd think, like, big keeper. Like just come and right, take everyone out that's in front of yeah, you to I come agree. and get that ball, and it was so soft. It was. I thought soft what he did. A, it was, I thought what he did after was fine because he could have really panicked and like kind of gone and chased better for the ball, but he actually just stood, made himself big, and better. Thankfully, shanked it over. But yeah, I get, I get like the consistency. We've all, we've all kind of said that midfield three of Dominguez, Mangana, Sangara is pretty solid now. Are you going to kind of break these things up because people's had one bad game every time? Because you'll be changing the team every bloody game. You know, like that's Chris what's just said, that's you, what's you're, getting, you're getting different centre-half pairings every single game. You know, yeah. Ina has one bad game, you're putting Ore back in. Ore can't overlap. I've said this time and time again on this podcast. He's not a wing-back, so you get no overlap at all. And and if they, if they double up on that side with McNeil, who does come back and double up, and Mikulenko... When like Hudson Adore is coming or Gibbs White, who's out there who isn't a winger, it's just isolated. You know, is 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 this is what I mean with like Stevie? Is he just trying to get something to work and he's he's just overthinking it and it's it's too much change and you need a you need a, a consistent team. You know, I know like we just spoke about Man City, they they kind of swap their wingers about, don't they? Because they've got the quality. But if you look through the spine of most successful sides, there's this, a good solid spine mm. when you're swapping center offs every game it's like ugh, but but, know, but also but also them teams have a pattern of play mm. we watched brighton last week who were i mean they played uh hinshawood at left back because they had to who's a center mid 18 and he knew his job role inside and out at left back and that, that is just good coaching for me like this is why these, these are these are elite coaches. Out. They know what they're doing. Joe, oh, like Brighton had a goal kick routine to get out from playing from the back. If you if you're going to press there, press here. We'll pass it here, there, there. Uh, it gets switched and we're out. This we haven't got that. We've got no. This is where the naysayers have got a point because they'll say, "Well, you lads here are sat here on this podcast saying defending Cooper." But then you're also saying on the flip side, wait, well, how do we play? What's his patterns of play? What do we do if we're against 10 men? What do we do against a team who are bang up like Everton did last night once they went ahead? So, you know, you, you can kind of see their reasoning. Why, why to have a change of manager? Because, you know, they'll say, well, are these players being coached properly? Are these players improving? We still haven't got a set piece coach, you know, for God's sake. You know, yeah, right. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to, any at this level. We've said this, and you know the classic Mark Warburton for the bingo card: fine margins. This level is about the finest of fine margins, and you've got to get anything that can help you at this level. You've got to take it because games are won by the finest of margins. Now, last night we all agreed. I think we all agreed that Everton deserved to win, but they yeah. won the game on one piece of quality. And it is a fine margin, really. And but they, but they could know. have easily been two three 0 when it when it yeah. wouldn't have flattered it. Flattered yeah, them. but you you've got you've got to. We look at last season where we beat Leicester at home. Harvey Barnes missed, I think, two or three sitters before we scored. You've got to yeah. you've got to look at that as a team and think, oh, we've got away with one there. Let's now nah, let's take our chances. And we didn't mm. we didn't offer we didn't offer anything, did we? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying about the naysayers because they're going to say, oh, well, you're saying on this pod you defended him, but also not defended him. I'm not defending him at the moment, really. Like, the only the only reason well, I'm, they're I'm not saying, I'm defending... oh, you're not shouting him out is what they're going to say. To... I'm, not sh- I'm not shouting him out because of what he's done. I respect the bloke. But at this, yeah, well, that's at, my, that's at, my at stance. This, at this moment in time, if I'm, a, if I'm the owner of Nottingham Forest Football Club, I am exploring my options. I'm sorry to say. That that is that's oh, how I feel at the moment. The options, he, I am losing a lot. Being explored without a doubt. I am losing a lot of patience with him because I, 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 you can give the leeway for the first so many games because you're right. We're going to try this new thing. We've brought in this midfielder from PSV who's given up Champions League football to come and play for a team who wants. And they're going to get through, aren't they? To knockout as well. I yeah. mean. And they're topping. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna we're we've bought in Hudson Adoy, who was on the cusp of of going to Bayern Munich and, and had a big reputation. We've bought in a, a lot of good players, but we've not progressed. We we I can get it for the first so so many games because it's teething problems. You're still trying to gel, but we're now nearly 15 games in, and I I've not seen anything to warrant what 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 we're trying i don't i don't even get it i don't get any past i don't get a pattern of play what we're trying to do it, it's just very very hit and hope a lot of the time unfortunately and like you say reese it doesn't help that gibbs white's playing so out of position because he's the one that you want to get on the ball yeah. more than anyone he's your connection from the center mids to the attack because he, what he does gives white is he gets the ball off the central midfield he then drives at that back line as a winger your job is to try and beat men you know, yeah. Gibbs White's job as a central attacking mid is he drives at that back line and pushes them back. And then, then you you strikers and peel away. And that's where you've got to make that defence split and pass. As a winger, it's a totally different job. You're looking to beat a man, usually with pace or trickery, and then cross the ball in. And we've, all, we've proved yesterday we can't cross. Terrible yeah. crossing. Anything to add, Christian? <sighs> <laughs> it's just painful, isn't it? It's just really, really painful. I, 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 I think, like I said, we've talked about it. I'm not going to call for Seacoopers heads, and whether that makes me a hypocrite or not, for the, for the fact that I've said that I wouldn't be surprised if the owner was looking elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if the owner was banging down the door for the petty gay. I wouldn't be surprised if the owner was doing X, Y, Z. Doesn't matter because, like, ultimately, all this is not avoid anyway. If we go and beat um, Fulham and Wolves next week. If we do that and suddenly, oh, Forest from mid-table, what was all the fuss about? Yeah, like, that, that's it, the nature it, of football. Fo- football like, is such a fickle game as well, isn't yeah. it? Because it can take you can turn I mean, it around I'm, so quickly. I'm praying we do. I just can't see it on that performance yesterday. No, me neither. He, he'll be gone this time next week. I don't take any pleasure in saying that, but he'll like. I don't see us taking one point next week, let alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, every time I watch, every time I watch Wolves, you know, I've watched them a few times and we've lost this season. I watched them the other night. They always give a performance, Wolves. I'll give yeah, them a the they, 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 they look yeah. a decent side, and if they play, I'd usually do against us next week on that performance yesterday. Then we get crucified. Yeah. I mean, the other guy's been mentioned, and to the um, the Eintracht Frankfurt ex-coach who won the Europa League with him, he's been mentioned. So, mm. well, you've yeah. got you've got you, your shortlist is probably Lepeta de Gay. I know you don't like him, Reese, but his track record speaks for itself. He he's a good manager. Um, Graham Potter is out of work, and and this Glasnow, I've not don't really know that much about. But I mean, I'm, I'm looking at someone like Mikel from. From Girona, who's taken La Liga by storm, would would he would he ever come? I don't know. Kieran McKenna's doing brilliant stuff at Ipswich. There's plenty of options out there. It's just depends on what's happening. But if, like I say, the, 
let me just clarify on Lepetke. If the appointed Lepetke is a football fan, you know, you have to accept the decision. You move on. There isn't going to be any this nonsense I've seen on Twitter of, oh, I'm going to protest if they get rid of Cooper. As a football fan, you accept it and move on. And I'll be willing, if it is him, for the bloke to be a success. My only worry with him is I don't like his demeanour. I don't think he suits us. And what would worry me on the back of that is he might come in, he might get some great results, and then we're all happy. But if he doesn't, if he comes in and he doesn't get these results, then I think it would turn toxic very quickly, and that is a worry. And and I don't want the club to go back to how it was when O'Neill was manager, where the fan base was completely divided and it was an absolute mess. And it was horrible, whoever comes horrible, in. toxic. Whoever yeah. comes in to replace Cooper is yeah. going to get this. Like, yeah. he, he could be great. He needs to put the ground he, running. It could be happens. As soon as you replace like a club icon, because that's what Cooper is—he's a club icon. <clears> that's that's, that's what I mean is. about like with Lukaku. Like, that or not. like with, you know, this, this bloke is for many people, for many, for, especially for our generation, the one underneath it. This guy's given us something that twenty odd managers couldn't do, including miracle men, including you no know, like cult heroes like Stuart Pearce, etc. Like, all of these managers, like proven. Premier League managers like Alex McLeish and Steve McLaren, all of them left in Steve Cooper's rearview mirror. So whoever comes in to replace him is going to have a very, very difficult job because they need to get results immediately, whoever mm. does come in, if, if that, of course, happens. Because, you know, it's the same with anywhere. I mean, take, take United, this is a very extreme example. Look at United when Moyes came yeah. in. They started yeah. stuttering immediately. It was like, this isn't how it should be. And it'd be the same whoever comes in after us. It'd be like, look, we're used to, we've, we've had a relatively good run of success. We're, okay, we've lost a lot of games in the Premier League compared to what we like in the league below. But we've generally had more res good results than bad. So, you know, if we're not getting those decent results, the pressure will be on immediately. I mean, the, obviously what the club, I mean, we've had it itself so far as before. Obviously when we, um, when Clough left and Frank Clark came in and obviously got promoted and took us into Europe. So it can be done. But whoever comes in is going to have a very, very big job on their hands because that the first thing and foremost will be sorting out the fans because there's going to be a lot of discontent, a lot of discontent with Sat Cooper. There's, there'll the be a lot of people who will be like, "I'm not going to, my, to, the, to watch the club again," and then five games later, come flogging back when we're winning games again or whatever. Else. At the end of the day, as much as I love Steve Cooper, you're a Nottingham Forest fan. At the end of the day, you support the club. Not, exactly. No exactly one is that. no one is yeah. ever bigger than the club. Whatever success they've brought to Nottingham Forest, and you even include the great man Brian Clough in this, they're not bigger than the football club no. as much as the icons and legends of the club. As as well, just to add with with Steve Cooper, you never ever in our lifetime, I'd be vastly surprised if you ever get a connection with a manager like that again for what he's yeah, done for the wrong. club, you're what he's wrong. done for the city. You look at, you know, how he is. I know for a fact he, he loves the fours of displays. I was speaking with the lads with fours yesterday and he, he loves when they do a display. You you, you look at his um, relationship with Lee Ward. You look at his relationship with the, you know, um, Ian Coates' family, who obviously sadly got killed in the city. There's so, and there'll be so many more what he's, he's done, Steve Cooper. And that's where I kind of say about Le Petitgay. Yeah, He's, I can't argue against his CV. He's proven, he's probably proved he's a good manager. Well, not probably, he has, in, but in Spain with respect. You're just not going to get that relationship with him. And that's why I'm saying if, if they don't, this is, and this is for any manager, not just Lepetegui, if they don't, if this was to happen, Cooper was to go, they don't hit the ground running, it will turn toxic very quick. And that's what worries, worries for me. And you don't want us to get in, it dragged into a relegation battle against sides like Everton who are fighting. Burnley have now got a win where it might kick them up the arse. 
Luton are fighting. So, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's a pivotal week. We've said this all week in a chat. I think this yeah. time next Sunday will be clear what's happening. Definitely. And um, obviously on that, on that bombshell, we'll a little bit about Fulham. We'll, we'll do a review of, of Fulham as well. No no previews this week because it's such a tight, tight turnaround and we've all got work and lives and stuff. So uh, we'll get into Fulham. Uh, no play performances. No, because we, we went through. I think we, I think we I think we went through one to eleven yeah, and man. said how bad they all were. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. let, let, let's just push on. Let's uh, so move Fulham, on. Fulham away at the cottage. Um, they've they've had their struggles this season with no Alexander Mitrovic this season. Obviously, there was talk about Marco Silva going to Saudi Arabia in the summer, uh, and uh, like William almost joining us and, and et cetera, et cetera. But Paulinho going to 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 buy Munich potentially, but uh, they're they're a team that I see as if we're if we're on it, we can get a result. But at the moment, we're very much not on it. So you know, tough game, and we're and our away record kind of speaks for itself. But uh, so, Christian, what's your prediction for Fulham? Well, stupidly, I'm going to the game. So <laughs> it's a home picture for you. It's a good away day, Fulham is. It'll be good under the I've not been under the Oh, yeah, I've, I've been before, yeah. yeah. Although what worries me is that the last time I went to Fulham, actually, no, it wasn't the last time, it was the time before. The last time I went, we lost 2-0 with Karanka in charge. The time before um, I went <laughs> Where we had a was... completely new team. <laughs> so the time before I went was, um, it was just after we'd beaten Derby 2-1 with Pierce, and we felt that was his reprieve. And then we were 3-0 yeah, down inside 30 three minutes. Two. Yeah, and we were absolutely yeah. abject. And at that point, it was like, okay, that win just yeah. paid. And then, and then it was the Millwall game, wasn't it? And yeah. that was it after. This absolutely had to go. So I'm praying that history isn't going to repeat itself. And I leave Craven Cottage at full time thinking he's done. Because <laughs> it's really had once before, isn't it? But um, no, I, I, I said to you before, I said to you in the week, I, I would rather we had Fulham first than Everton. I actually felt we could get a result against Fulham. I don't think they're up to scratch at all. I don't think they're a particularly good footballing team. I think they're basically Paulinho and vibes at the minute. So if you can sort of work your way around that, there's a lot there to exploit. But the way we played on Saturday, we aren't going to beat anyone in any division anywhere. So uh, basically, if we don't get a kick up the arse from Saturday's result, from yesterday's result, sorry, then we'll lose. And if we lose that, he's done. He'll be sacked. Yeah, throw that out. Sorry, but, <laughs> we got. I love, I love the panic in your voice, and that was great. Oh, sorry, <laughs> we got an hour in. It was very um, remind me when Ron Atkinson chucked the headphones at the Sky Report. Yeah. After I ran, it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like that. This is still a die from now, and so you know, if those players really do care for him and they say they make out, they do, then they're gonna have to prove it on Wednesday night. Uh, score prediction. I don't want to say it. <laughs> um, head says 1-0 Fulham. Heart says 1-0 Forest. So, oh. mate, take that as a draw. Yeah. Reese. Um, I'm literally just got flash scores up here. I'm just looking at Fulham's kind of home form. I mean, aside from a stinker they've had against Brentford, they've probably beaten everyone at home 
they're, they're expected to be. They're beating Luton, they're beating Sheffield United, they're beating Wolves, which is one they might not have expected. What I will say is they're very lucky to beat Luton. Yeah. And they're very lucky to beat, Wolves. to beat Wolves. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm not really too much into that. <laughs> you just know William's going to score, isn't he, after, you know, um, obviously the palaver in the summer. Um, I mean, it's hard to give a prediction, mate, after yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I mean, because. <laughs> There's not many positives, if any. Um, I'm very much like Christian. Again, my head says it, Fulham will beat us because I just, it's just going to be some, have to be some turnaround um, from yesterday. I'm going to, I'm going to say three two to Fulham. Blimey. I mean, it, it kind of almost stinks of that um, time last season where we just needed to get a result. We went to Brighton yeah. and just shot up shop and got a nil-nil. And it's weird because is, it's is not a, like... Is a, draw, is a draw good enough, though? Yeah, well, is, I don't if, think, if we, I don't if we think... used to get two draws, say, out the next two at Fulham and Wolves, is that good enough? No, no absolutely not. Uh, That's two points from yeah, Wolves, Everton from and nine. Fulham. No. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Yeah, and the, and he, the, he needs the, a win. He needs a win. It does, I agree. Funny, I totally agree. The funny thing is, is it last compared to last season when we was getting absolutely battered everywhere we're going. This season, it's more 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 often than not, it's just narrow margins. Mm. But the problem is, is we're still losing football games, so it doesn't really change. The thing, that. the um, thing is, I, I went lost money. I went to most batterings last season: West Ham, Leicester City, Arsenal. I went to all of them batterings, and generally, yesterday was as bad as any of them. And we only mm. lost one nil because, no, like no, I said, the, the, no. the, the, the fight just wasn't there yesterday. And that you can lose like, games like... with fight and be outdone by quality, mm. like we yeah, were in that city course. game, for example, like where mm. your mistakes are ruthlessly punished. Yeah, you know, by the three. best team in the world. Yeah, or you can play like that yesterday. If we played like that yesterday mm. in any of those games. It would be double figures in every game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, it, well, it's just like when when you look at a team and say, "This is what I said earlier about." You know, a performance that gets you them gets you the sack. That was a performance that gets managers sacked yesterday because the lack of fight, the lack of ideas, the lack of the anything lack of really. Yeah. They were so slow on the ball. Even, so it, slow to even move. in injury time, what was it? Four minutes. I mean, I thought there'd be more than four minutes, but we were just passing it round at the back with a minute to go. Yeah, get everybody, get the big lads forward. Felipe, Murillo, Wood, as much as um, Origi, who's a big guy. Get it, just pump it in to the bot. We were just dilly dallying, passing it about, trying to get it wide. And Everton had banked up. They wasn't going to give us any space at all. We're no. just going to have to pump it into the box and hope actually we can pump one good long ball in for the first time in 94 minutes. But it was honestly, incredibly easy. Not enough. Christians hit it and then the tempo, even when. We went one nil down and chasing the game just wasn't there at all. And you you must look from a ball perspective and think, are these guys playing for the manager on that performance? Yeah, I th- I thought that as well. Like it was a performance that's worthy of a sacking and almost down in tours. But uh, Fulham away, I, I I can't really see us doing anything. I'll be it. The the performance will tell from from the kickoff whether the players are fighting for the manager or not. Um, for me personally, I I can't see. A, a result going our way. I think we'll lose probably 2-0 to Fulham, um, unfortunately. And, and I think it will be game over for Cooper. That's it's not not me wanting him to go. I just I just think it's it's unfortunately it might be coming to his time. But um we'll 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 find out on Wednesday and we'll we'll be back Thursday hopefully to give you a, a review and then a bit of a preview to, to the Wolves game. 
Uh, quick turnaround this week. Obviously, it's a bit of a championship-esque um, schedule. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for the slept on it thoughts. Um, Forrest, you're a sham for the bloody Forza display. Reese is crying. Um, uh, hopefully, hopefully, we're all proven wrong by this time on Thursday yeah, and then going into, it, cross. It, going it, it into the Wolves cross, game. Yeah. We all sound really depressed that we're at a funeral. Yeah, well, we're, 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 <laughs> no, and I feel, you know, I feel bad. I don't want to be coming on this podcast and being negative. But what can you say after yesterday? I'm not glossing i'm not going to gloss over anything and say oh at least we had a couple of efforts i think you know, at least at least it was only one yeah. nil i mean even the most positive of fans can look at yesterday and think what a bloody has happened yeah, in fact, yeah. I, to be yeah. fair try and enjoy it as much as you can everybody yeah that's exactly it yeah i think even if we have a podcast that we you know who have very particularly positive guests and even there are like where do you take the positives from so honestly it's a bit I bleak would, isn't it i would love to come on here when is it it'd be thursday evening we'll probably be doing it i'd love to come on here and, and we'll beat fulham yeah and so thinking that is a dream the wolves. that is the hope so we'll see brilliant all right well, we'll see you. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care, everyone. Have a good week. Uh, have a good week in the snow, obviously as well. Um, we'll see you in the next one. Come on, you Reds! This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.